you've made the best decision by clicking that green play button. So get ready to have your mind blown away. Welcome to Soap and Ginger with Tolu, a podcast about teenagers and youths from around the world doing incredible and extraordinary things. In each episode, we would have a relaxing conversation exploring the lives, motivations, and projects of our guests and how they are redefining what's possible and what is not. This would be exciting, entertaining, and filled with life and productivity tips. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Soap and Ginger. Today I have the pleasure of speaking with a fantastic youth who is doing incredible work. I'm sure uh, a few of you will find him inspiring, just like a lot of us are at the moment. I would strongly advise that you find a comfortable place to sit because this episode is fully loaded. You can choose a recent law graduate from the Queen's University, Belfast. He's also a one young world ambassador, a 2021 international student, and a Diana awardee. The Diana Award is the most prestigious accolade a young person aged 9 to 25 can receive for their social action or humanitarian work. He is interested in human rights, education, and mental health-related social work. He has been co-organizing major youth learning camps and fundraising initiatives since he was 10. The founder of Welfare Task Force for Malaysian Students Abroad. Welcome, to It's really nice to have you. Thank you so much, Tolu, and, and it's my privilege to be able to join the podcast today okay. as well. Okay, that's good. I'm excited about this episode. And we always start with two icebreakers okay, that are uh, uh, users familiar with, uh, with you. Uh, the okay. first will be, I'll give you two words, then you choose one and you tell me the reason why. Is that all right? Okay, no problem. I'm ready. Okay, okay. Yeah, nothing scary, I promise. Okay. Okay, so the first uh, two options are, would you rather go to movies with your friends or go for a picnic with your friends? I think I think I will actually go for a picnic with my friends. I think just because huh? for now, like we have amazing weather in the UK. It's a bit hot. It's a bit hot, but it's really amazing, and the sun is out. And I also just thought that maybe having a picnic in an open space is a little bit more safer for myself personally. So I just thought maybe I will I will do that. And I think in a picnic, what I really enjoy is that you can actually like, each of us can bring something to the picnic. And then we can also enjoy maybe in the park or in a very nice scenery. So it's like a lot of, it's like a very pleasant experience in a whole. So okay. I will I will choose that. That's a very good answer. I think the UK oh. government will be, will be proud of you. <laughs> well, yeah, for, for staying safe. So another question for you, uh, winter or summer, which do you prefer? Winter or summer? It's a bit tricky. I would, I would actually prefer win- winter just because back home in Malaysia it's just super hot for the whole year but then as long as it's not too cold that's that's okay for me okay okay very interesting choice <laughs> unfortunately you cannot have picnics during winter or I've never oh, anyone having picnic during winter indoor okay. <laughs> okay so that's great uh, the final game so I'm going to give you three options then you're going to choose one from them okay. uh, so the first is would you rather be stuck in the desert for a week or would you rather be by yourself in space uh, for mm. a year? Or would you have feet that glows in the dark? I think I would actually choose start in space for a year. Cause like, oh, wow. I, yeah, I, I just thought like, uh, so I, I'm, I'm someone that I can actually um, live with being alone and everything. So I, I'm quite okay with that. 
And then in a desert, probably it'll be very hot. But I just imagine in the space, there is like a very nice space station, maybe like a Tony Stark kind of spaceship. And then so I, I, I think I probably can, can enjoy that experience maybe. But it's probably too early to say, but okay. I think I will choose the second option. Listening to this and they can't make that wish come true. Oh, please don't show me that for a year. One day, two, two days. Two okay. Days should be okay. okay, okay, okay. One day is fine. You can go with Jeff Bezos. That's okay. all right. Okay, again, your profile is really incredible, and I'm sure a lot of people will learn a lot from you just by listening to this podcast. So, can you tell me a bit about yourself? Okay, so I am originally from Malaysia. I think currently I'm around 22 years old, maybe, and then three years ago. So, in the past, since young, I have always been quite kind of actively involved in community volunteering just because I think I'm very privileged to be born in a family where my parents are all, um, we are kind of very, uh, we live a modest life, but they really like to spend all of their excess money and time or to volunteer and support underprivileged communities around them. So I've been always following okay. them, following their footsteps. So that's where I started my volunteering work. Then three years ago, I came over to the UK for the first time and study law at Queen's University Belfast. And yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of graduating this Thursday as well. So it's kind of a brief history of my life. Okay, congratulations. That's amazing. And I Thank definitely you. can see the influence of your parents on your career. So uh, when would you say was the turning point in your life? When did you realize that I need to make my life better or mm-hmm. I need to change the way my life is and start to improve and do social activities? I know you said 10 years old, but when... Yes. What moment exactly did you experience this change? I, I think I think I think to be honest, because I'm not like a protege and everything. So when I'm young, it's always more like I just follow my parents and it's kind of like it's not hundred percent it's from my heart and everything. But I think the the turning point for me would be it's quite hard quite hard to identify one point, but it's usually those sessions where I actually organize um camps where or kind of I actually met peers that are the same age with me because I, I feel that I'm quite privileged that I can have education and everything. But when I met peers um, who are the same age with me, but they actually don't have the relevant opportunities. So for example, I volunteered and support more refugees back home in Malaysia, refugee children, uh, underprivileged okay. young, young people in the community. I think that's the turning point where I feel that I'm just so lucky. Like I realized that I need to be really grateful of what I have. But at the same time, if I'm so lucky, then can I do something more for my peers? Like they are just exactly like me. They, I'm not smarter. I'm not better, but it's just by luck. Like I got a lot of better privileges. So that's the turning point where I just realized that mm, maybe it's time that I need to actually contribute back. I need to kind of work with them more and then kind of hopefully my, I think my dream is that other peers or other people, other young people can actually have, be as lucky as me can actually enjoy what I'm enjoy- enjoying at the moment. So that's, oh. I think, my turning point. Oh, that's incredible. And I can also see you're a very humble person. So that's oh, great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you. No so do you have any special talent or hidden talent that nobody knows about? Do you sing? Okay, uh, do you cook? Or do you put some assault? Any hidden talent at all? <laughs> hidden, hidden talents. Okay, so... So maybe okay, maybe a well-known one would be um I can speak I think around four to five languages, and that's that's I think because we are raised in Malaysia like I, uh I, I usually speak like Mandarin or I speak some dialects with my grandparents, and in school we need to learn like three languages including Malay, English, and Chinese. So 
that's where I can, can speak a few languages, which usually shock people sometimes when I'm here. But a hidden one, I would say I can actually play a harmonica, but not too good. Yeah. So I, I usually don't feel like proud to. No, 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 no. I just, I, just, I just kind of sometimes feel a bit shy that to tell people that I know how to play the harmonica, but that would be my hidden talent, I would say. Uh, I can play okay. a very small one, like as small as your thumb. That's the smallest harmonica that I can play. Okay, interesting. Okay. I tried playing the, the harmonica when I was okay. younger. I okay. felt miserable at it. So the fact that I can play this is, is incredible. I oh, bought a lot you. of harmonicas, but I just was, yeah, I was, I was, I was playing rubbish, basically. Music. Oh, so that's, <laughs> that's great. Uh, so you say you speak about four to five languages. Uh, have there been any instance where uh, people are that they do not know you understand? Yes, yes, yes. I think I think a lot of times. So when I I also work part time in a university as a student assistant, so we kind of assist a lot of international students who are coming into university for the first time. And then I remember, like, right, I think that's during COVID, and then we just can't let people stay in the building. And then I politely ask them to go out, and they use kind of Mandarin, and say like, oh, those people are so snobbish, they are so rude, they don't even let us come in. And then I can actually speak, I can actually listen the language, so I just kind of sneakily um, use Mandarin and say, oh, thank you so much, see you next time. And then they are like, oh, they got super strong. <laughs> yeah, like I can imagine how they must feel, they must be shocked. That's, 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 that's incredible. So, so I'm going to talk... Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to talk a bit more about the work you are doing, if that's all right. Okay. So, uh, yeah, tell me about the amazing project you've done and how you got involved in this amazing project. Okay, so I think um, for the for the past, when I'm back home in Malaysia, what I usually do is um, being an active com- community volunteer at Nalanda Buddhist Society. So that's basically, we assist, we do fundraising events, we organize um, youth learning camps for underprivileged communities or young people around the country so it's more like a skill sharing kind of um, camps and training so that's where I started then over here in the UK because it's also I, I'm a bit old now so I can take into ownership on more stuff so in the UK um, I volunteered as an NSPCC Charline counsellor so I think my passion on the issues of mental health okay so so for that part is that um, I think I'm really interested in mental health issues because I really do face like I have a lot of close friends that they have mental health breakdowns and I received a few suicidal calls before in person like my personal capacity that I feel really helpless I don't know how to help so that's why it sparked me to kind of volunteer and be trained as a child counsellor so that's where okay. I supported young people around the UK um, whenever they have distress feeling sad feeling suicidal and everything then um, later on I was involved with One Young World representing the Queen's University in the One Young World Summit and Recently, since the pandemic, the COVID nineteen outbreak, um, I just realized that a few of us actually we realized that international students are actually quite impacted as well. And people just thought that we are all rich people being able to study abroad, and but they never thought that we are actually quite. It's quite difficult to cope. A lot of people can't cope, um, having to stay alone at home. Their parents or families just very far away. They may be worried about them at home, but they don't get the support, and some can't even work part-time anymore to sustain themselves so a lot of these kind of worries so we started the welfare task force for Malaysian students abroad um, mainly to kind of create that peer-to-peer um, network just to support each other ensuring that if anyone's feeling lonely we can pair them as buddies and then we can also invite students to share their travel experience so that people feel less daunting to do that in the future 
So, and we even have some mental health guidelines, guides, and um, kind of webinars just to kind of help people when they, whenever they feel helpless. So that's where I started that work for the Welfare Task Force. And then recently, okay. I'm also actively um, involved with Civicus. I think it's one of the largest um, civic uh, civil society organization and then as their youth action team member. So yeah, that's a what, kind of a wide variety of work they have been doing. Thank you so much for having this chat with me, Kang, and telling me about your wonderful life. We'll take a break now and return in the next episode. To all listeners, I have learned a lot listening to Yikang, and I'm certain you have to. This is one episode you have to listen to over and over again. Join me next week for the second part of my talk with Yikang. Until then, my name is Tolu, and this is Soap and Ginger. Thank you for joining us today on Soap and Ginger. If you've loved listening to this episode, ensure you follow the host. Tolu on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn so you'll never miss a show. His social media accounts are in the description. While you're at it, you could also share this and other episodes with your friends on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or any other platform you use. The next episode would be equally as fascinating, if not more so. Stay tuned. Till then, I hope you've been highly motivated and gingered.